1: We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone
0: Boyce. I'm Danielle
1: Robay. And we're
0: the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from hell of sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day.
2: Is Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental wealth podcast. Build you from the inside out. Now, here's Jay Glazer.
3: Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental wealth podcast with Jay Glazer. I'm Jay Glazer. And before I get to my guest today, my guest, boy, do you know him. You know him as a Hall of Famer in the NFL. He should be up for the Hall of Fame for GMs, ex baseball player, my drinking buddy, and you'll get in that in a little bit. But before we get to that, if you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carolyn Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. All right, welcome into Unbreakable, a mental wealth podcast with Jay Glazer. And I'm not going to wait. My guest here. He's done an unbelievable job with his Hall of Fame football career, Super Bowl winner, unbelievable job as a general manager, making that jump. Unbelievable teammate of mine when he was at Fox Sports as well, and that is the one and only 47 Red John Lynch. How are you, brother?
4: I'm doing great, Glazy. This is this is kind of awkward because you and I are usually right? just shooting the you-know-what. And uh, <laughs> to, to be on this kind of formal setting, it's just awkward. But I, I do have to say up front, I heard you reading – you know that that read about mental health I I just can't tell you I don't know if I tell you this enough how proud I am of you for the contribution you're making to so many who suffer with you know something that afflicts so many people in our country and something that for so often wasn't something that was talked about that was just kind of pushed to the to the back door and I think people like yourself who are bringing it to the forefront you know still living a fun life a life that people want to live and showing people that you know you can struggle and still have a real fulfilling life and the amount of people you've helped i i hear it from people i know you hear it from people i know how humbling it is to you but uh kudos to you man i I love you for it i love you for a lot of things but i do love you for
3: that yeah man you can make my ass cry man i appreciate it dude and it's funny because you know john and i've known each other for 20 something years and he's seen me do a lot of crazy shit but back then Lynchy, we just said like, oh, Glazer's crazy, right? We never yes. knew <laughs> depression, anxiety, Ill gray. I never called it that. We you just, you guys just didn't know. I don't know. Did you know how much pain I was in? You knew I was crazy, but did you know how much pain I was in? I never
4: did. And and you know, it's something I think about a lot in my current role as a GM. A lot of stuff. And I remember Tony Dungy used to tell me this. You'd be shocked the amount of stuff that comes over our desk, what we know about right. the players that players would never know. And I always prided myself, as you know this, I prided myself and I care about people. And I, I like, it's a quality that my, I think my parents instilled by by their actions. They were people who gave a lot to their community, to their family. We always had people, randoms, living in our house. I mean, it was just, that that's how our family was. And I always pride myself on being a great teammate. It was probably as important to me as anything But now that I know all the people that struggle on a day-to-day basis with issues, everybody has issues. And as a teammate, man, I look back and I try not to have regrets, but I do have regrets that I didn't know more about my teammates and how many of them might have been struggling. I hear about it now as they've left football and some of these things come to the forefront or maybe it's more comfortable. But I hear it about our own players on a day-to-day basis, not necessarily mental health, but
3: just the day-to-day struggles that people have. So, What's the difference in the baseball and a football locker room in the culture?
4: Well, first of all, being in the minor leagues, man, it's uh, the minor leagues is a trip now. I mean, you go to spring training, and they're basically babysitting because, you know, only so much you can do. Like in training camp, the day's full, you know?
3: NFL training camp, right.
4: Yeah. NFL training camp. We used to have two practices. We don't anymore, but you still have a full day of meetings. Baseball, like they're babysitting minor league kids because they don't want you going back to the hotel.
3: And they're, and they're high school kids. You're right? You're just out of high school.
4: And there, there's kids from third world countries, you know, and baseball, there's so much more downtime. Even if you're hitting in the lineup, then you go hang at the fence and you're hanging with your guys. So you talk a lot. Football, you're working, you know, (laughs) like it's a lot more work. So, I, I do think there's an element like you have much more banter and talk and with baseball, mm. but football that bonds a little tighter just because what we talked about earlier, it's so yeah. hard.
3: Yeah. And then football is just, yeah, work, 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 work. And, yeah. and our hard work. And like you're saying, you're doing two days and people don't, you know, now we look at it and you guys have what 14 padded practices a year, or whatever it was. And, yeah, yeah I don't want to sound like those old, you know, gruff guys, but yeah, like we'd go in and you guys would have two or three hour full padded practices a day. And just what you did, and you got your body ready for for battle, for combat. But, you know, and there was something to be learned from that.
4: And I think the mental toughness, you know, I had a trainer, Pete Agoski. You met Pete. Mm. Pete was an old Marine, and, you know, Pete grinded us in San Diego. A lot of NFL players would go there, and the physical work was great. But Pete, a couple times a year, there was this just hellacious workout where you didn't know when it was going to end. We'd work out with Seau and Baselli and Gil Bird, some of the Billy Ray Smith, the old Chargers, and all these guys would come. A lot of my teammates would come join us. But Pete, inevitably, the old Marine in them, there was a workout that you we, we went early. We'd go 5.30 or 6 in the morning, and you knew it was on and didn't know when it was going to stop. Pete wouldn't tell you, and his message every time was, guys, your body won't let you down. Your mind will if you allow it to. But that's the lesson you learned today. And you kinda knew from training with guys, the guys that punked out and the guys that would keep going, like, man, that's that's my Absolutely. competition. It hardened you, you know, and I know that's a lot of uh you know what fighters go through. But to know and, and man that helped me you know, in hot games in Tampa, when I'd be staring across, like, I'm just getting started because I've been to those dark places before. Now I think we're a lot smarter in training. We wear GPS and we say, okay, this guy's load is too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you, I,
3: I don't know if it's smarter though, because yeah, there weren't as yeah. many injuries back then because you got You're your right. body ready for battle. And like, I, you guys have always fucking laughed at me when I've told you about sparring and you guys all think I'm crazy when I tell you this, but. And by the way, exactly what you're saying, Lynchie, this called the Unbreakable Mental Wealth Podcast, but also the training system I created, the Unbreakable, you know, our MMA system and, and our gym, our whole thing is about pushing people's breaking points, pushing your breaking points, pushing your breaking points. Folks, if you push your breaking points higher and higher and higher each time, then your job is, everything else becomes easier. And we'll always start guys off, let's say, on like a three-minute round doing something. And... We'd have them do, do this thing called 30-30-30. Every 30 seconds, we have you doing something else. Because nothing, unless you're a marathon runner, nothing is just stable. Let's go the whole time for, you know, two hours, whatever it is, right? Or or 20 minutes or anything. Every 30 seconds, let's change it up. And I would just start people off for three minutes, and it would crush these football players. But over time, next time we would do four minutes, and then 4.30, and then 5. And then by the time I send them to training camp, we will have done a 12- to 15-minute round. And I would always tell guys, look back. And as we go out, said, look back at your first time you did this. You could barely get through three minutes. Now you're at seven and you're laughing at three. But so the only thing that has changed is your mind here, right? Yep. And cause you came in in great shape. We've gotten you in great shape. It's just, we've just pushed your mind now think of this. I said, is this 15 minutes the hardest thing you've ever done? Absolutely. I said, great. So when you're in that football field and you're in training camp, I want you to say to yourself, shit, this ain't hard. That shit Glazer put me through. That's hard. That makes football easy. And that's what a lot of people aren't willing to do in trying to go after greatness, whether it's in business, whether it's in schooling, whether it's in you know athletics, whatever it is. But that's the whole point is you push your breaking point. So everything else becomes easier. And then you could put your level of a pace on it, too, and your relentless pace, and, and you're not always thinking about, man, what am I going to guess out?
4: I think it's Jimmy Johnson. There's this great speech he gave, and I know, I know he's given it. I've seen it on TV, and, you know, uh, fatigue makes cowards about, don't be a coward, you yeah. know, and I don't think he made that quote up. It's so That's true. That's cool. oh. a boxing quote. Yeah, it's it's so true, and you know, but that's, I, I do think, like, part of our success here with the Niners in a world where everyone's pulling back, and we try to be smart on the cutting edge. One thing we do, we maximize our batted practices. We practice hard, and it's almost like the Miami Heat in basketball. You go play for Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, you're going to work, and you're not going to be out of shape. And if you're willing to buy in, you're going to have a lot of success. And, you know, we try to be cutting edge. We try to listen to all the signals, but we're also we're going to work, and we're going to try to be unbreakable. We're going to try to push through limits because I think you have to to have that have that success.
2: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I mean, look at you, right? You know, I'd always say, you know, there's two John Lynch's. There's 47 Red, which is the guy who plays in the Bucks and, and the Broncos. And then there's, you know, John Lynch, who's the, you know, he's the guy in your Brooks Brothers Catalog with with the with the sweater over his shoulders, but it's that that little difference, that work ethic, that mindset that you're willing to go through that a lot of people are. And I bring this up, I never forget. There was a player we were coaching this team, and this player comes to me he says, "We're coaching them in our our unbreakable MMA program," and he says to me, "Man, I got drafted right about the same time JJ Watt did, and look at JJ, what he's doing." I said, "Hey, bro, the secret of success." It's not a secret. He said, what do you mean? I said, find out who the best is and do more than them. That's yeah. it. So if JJ is the best, okay, let's put you through more. He goes, well, I can't do that. I go, well, you just said that you can't figure out why JJ's gotten so great, and you haven't. He goes, well, yeah, but his workout's ridiculous. I'm like, are we really having this conversation right now? You came to me and said, why have my career passed me by, and I'm telling you this is how, and you're still like, oh, no, but I can't do it. Well, you just answered it yourself, and he couldn't grasp it.
4: Uh, That's the reality. Not everyone's willing to do it. They think they might be, but are you willing to do it? And then some people might do it for a day or for a month. It blows my mind every year. Like, oh man, our guys are working. Yeah, it's the first day of training camp. Let's see in 10 days. You're going to start to see them separate, you know, and it's like the guys that are the good players, they're going on day 20 while other guys have tailed off or they start being inconsistent. So there's no substitute. It's consistency. It's, it's the quality of your work. It's the routine. I've always felt like, you know, the best players I've played with Derek Brooks, I could tell you when I played with them where he'd be at Tuesday at eight forty-five. you know, there was just a routine that these guys generate where it becomes what they do every day. And the best, they start separating themselves by stacking days, stacking minutes, stacking weeks. And when you do all that, all of a sudden you, the gap has widened. And Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, those yeah. guys, they out they outwork their competition. Yeah, they're talented. They're they're immensely talented, but a big part of their talent was the the fortitude, the discipline yeah. to outwork everybody and and to outsmart them with the way they worked. Yeah.
3: And it's not just the it's not just the physical part. And I bring up Brady to them all the time also. And it's just like, hey, it's how do you sleep? How do you trade? How do you watch film? And yeah. like I, I would sit there all those early years where Strahan would drive me back to New York City every day because I was broke and I couldn't afford you know, bus fare and tunnel fare. So every day I'd have to sit, I'd go to either wait right from a giant stadium to get done treatment or lifting or do or watch film. Or we'd go back to this place first. And then he'd drive me in the city and he'd watch film, watch film, watch film, watch film. And I'm like, dude, you're killing my social life. <laughs> I want to get <laughs> back in the city and go out, but it would just be hours and hours. And I'm like, what are you watching? And he's like, it's just for that little tell, right? That one little thing that could help him in the game to figure something out before the snap, but it was hours of film work that that's what it takes to put in to be great. Right. Those, those things that a lot of people like when people come and break them say, Hey, we'll, we'll change your grandkids lives. If you buy in, we'll change your grandkids lives. We'll change your whole life. But you change your grandkids lives because you get paid more than you ever could have dreamed of. But it's going to be the hardest fucking thing you've ever done in your life. You got to be willing to do it and not quit when we push you. And 95% of them are like, yeah, yeah. And they're fucking gone. You know, it's that elite 5%. We change.
4: When people talk about like badass, I bring up Brady. I remember watching this video. We do some brain training here, and you can watch videos. And the more you keep your focus, the picture stays clear. But if you get if your mind starts wandering, the the picture scrambles. So it basically trains. Mine your would mind would be
3: really scrambled. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
4: exactly. <laughs> but watching this this Amazon program on Brady, and it's like one of the most big because I know what that guy went through and the way he committed not only on the field but in his diet in his Pliability and everything that he was doing. But he looks in the camera and he goes, If you're going to compete against me, you better be willing to give up your life because I've been doing it for the last 18 years. (laughs) And man, steel faced. And it was like, damn. I'm really proud about what the way I committed. But like, I never was that guy who was bringing Tupperware in so that I was eating perfectly. I, I ate well. But I didn't go to the lengths that the Shannon Sharps, the Tom Brady, I, I wasn't eating an avocado ice
3: cream. Yeah. But they, but they did that yeah. in their body, but you did a, an awful lot of stuff also for your will. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you, you found that other guy on that field, which a lot of people can't do. You went to a different place, which a lot of people can't do. You know, I've never I asked you that. Was that innate when you got on that field and your hands started shaking and you clicked over that? We, we call you 47 red. Me and Mike Tomlin and yeah. Ronde Barber. And was it innate or was it something that you learned?
4: I think it was innate. I really do. I I I do think a lot of it's. I I think some of it's learned, but there is something innate. You know, I my parents always tell me, uh, like in the Catholic schools, you used to get the report cards. Like there would be something called like no self control. I would always get that check because <laughs> my, my leg was always bouncing. I I was a competitor. Like I not only wanted to complete the test and get a hundred percent, I wanted to be first. I wanted to right. turn it in first. And literally, my dad was my coach. And, you know, he kind of instilled. And and these days, a lot of it would be called cruelty. But, you know, I'd go four for I was a really good youth baseball player. And I would go four for five. And my dad had this way of it wasn't cruel. It sounds cruel. But <laughs> instead of celebrating going four for five, hey, Johnny, what what happened on that fifth at bat? Like, why how come we didn't get? A hit there, you know. What were you, what were you thinking? And so that's what I was striving for was excellence. And I was a pleaser. I wanted my parents to be proud. And then I loved to compete. And you know, I was that kid who sometimes would I get out and I'd throw my helmet. And I remember my mom being up in arms, like, "How are we gonna? How we? What are we gonna do with this kid?" John was my dad's name too, like Big John. Big John, what are we gonna do with this kid? My dad tells me now he used to tell it, Kathy. We can teach him how to control it. We can't put that into him. So it's a oh, good. Wow. You know, that is good, awesome. Yeah. He's got it. And I, oh. you know, so I, I, I hear from them that, that's oh, I love that. Kind of always in. I'll i let other people speak, but I, I tend to be a, I like people. Like I like talking to people. I like making people happy. So I'm pretty happy. Go lucky guy. I, I'd say hi to everybody. I enjoy helping people. But when I get on that field there, there's another side and, but if people ask, did you consciously go there? No, it just happens. And and you know, it sometimes wouldn't happen until the national anthem, the coin to the flyover. But man, you were exactly right. Too. right? The national, that hand starts going. That's yep. my teammates do it. Sap used to say, Oh Lord, he's he forty seven red, he's here, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, he's
3: arrived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well look, I, I know you got, you know, you're building a, a Super Bowl team here, but I just want to get back to this is one of the things I am, I'm really proud of with guys like you and my other friends in the league. Is when I did come out, start talking about all this mental health stuff. Some guys, it took them a little later to get caught on. Like, oh, come on, you know, cause part of the problem was people like me when I would train our athletes and I would say, you're hurt, you're tired. Don't show it. Don't show it. Don't show it.
4: Right. Right.
3: And and meanwhile, here I am with mental health, like, no, no, fucking show it all. Say it, say it all. Like be vulnerable shit. So it's complete opposite of everything I was coaching in, in mixed martial arts to our athletes. And now I'm trying to get everybody else to it. But so it it take people in sports a little bit longer, some guys, but you early on were like, Glaze, tell me more about this. Tell me why tell me about this depression. Tell me about this anxiety. Tell me, or I would just call you and say, hey, I'm struggling. You wouldn't ask like why what? or you you would try and figure out like, is there a trigger? But you were one of the first guys to really start trying to pick my brain about it so you could be there for your players and other people in your organization. You were ahead of your time, dude. I I don't know if I've told you that, but you were. And I know, and we don't have to get specifics, but I know, and I've been really proud of the times you've told me that you've told me that it's helped you with guys who were struggling.
4: I think first and foremost, I'm not just saying this. I I truly care about our players. I mean, I really do. I, I know what they go through. No doubt. I know what they put their bodies through. I know the investment that they put in. We put a high quality on wit. We call it wit, what it takes And what we've learned, we don't miss much on talent because we Kyle and I, the continuity is so good. The relationship is such good. That permeates throughout our scouting uh, system. We're we're very clear in what we're looking for. So we don't miss much on talent where we've missed because everybody misses. It's usually saying, you know what? That guy, he hasn't been very dependable at that school. Well, sometimes the kid's just not dependable. And so we put a lot of emphasis. And so we have high character people. Because how do you build a culture? You surround yourself with great people. And now, can we improve it? Can we improve work ethics? Can If you put some people that maybe haven't always understood timeliness and all that, if you put them in a room full of people who get that, can you raise the boat? Sure. But we have high quality people. That's not to say they're not going to have struggles. And we've had that. And I think through knowing people like you who have been open and upfront and then going through pain myself, I told you the story at Demetrius DePoe's junior seau and to think man i was these guys best friend and i didn't always know the pain i got to be better at trying to identify these things so the only way is to educate yourself how do you help people and i think the, the most important thing i've learned you've told me just be there for them and let them know i mean i think it's a great thing in the nfl that like we're required to have a therapist on site and part of our organization we have a tremendous one and he'll be the first to tell you that he's not for everyone. He's not going to connect with everyone. And sometimes we send people to others. But the fact that we're there, we recognize. And if you know your players, well, you know when they're hurt. So at times it's self-serving. Obviously, if players are feeling good about their and things are good at home, they're going to go play well. But really, it's more about just caring about the people. And, you know, if you just keep your awareness about you, if you talk, if you communicate as an organization, you can head some things off and, I hope we all kind of take that of looking out and having, we talked a lot about having each other's back. That's the 49er way. Ronnie Lott talks about that a lot, having each other's back. We want to have each other's back. And if you're doing that, it's on and off the field.
2: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app,
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think also you got two things here. One, if you're playing this level of the NFL, dude, we've talked about this. Everybody in there is crazy. You can't be great and not have some crazy. You have to, it's again, we've outworked the world that you've done playing in the NFL. I told these guys who retire, like you play in the NFL. That's not who the fuck you are. What's behind your rib cage and between your ears that got you to beat out millions and millions and millions. That's who you are. That's not just there on and off when the uniform's on or off. But as a result of this too, man, a lot of the crazy that we have, and those of us with anxiety lynched you like, we make up a lot of shit in our head. That's not there. And especially, I, I now know from all the players I've trained and the paranoia that we have, and I think the paranoia drives a lot of us, but it does, like, it, it gets us to think, man, I'm getting cut, or I'm I'm going to not have this position, we're getting fired, and you guys, it's it's hard for you guys to know that about us. Yeah. They're all, every one of them there, your best players have insecurities that's like, oh, fuck it, it's going to end tomorrow, and this is my 30th year doing this shit. I still go through it, you know, every week. Oh, I don't have a big scoop on Sunday. Fuck. I'm yesterday's new. It's just not, it's not accurate, but you've been able to, again, we've we've talked about it more, but I've just let you know, it's there. It's in your locker room. It's every day. There might be 53 guys in there, but there's 200 personalities and a thousand thoughts that raised their head and all those thoughts seem real to us.
4: And, and you know what, Glaze, the thing I've learned more than anything, and I'm really proud of our league and our organization's this organization gets it as much. And this isn't me. This is our ownership. What you do for the players once it stops, because man, as much as you say, that's not who you are. That's what they know. Yes, and their know. days have been planned for them. Yes. They're very disciplined people, but they've been given a schedule their whole life. And all of a sudden the record just stops. Boom. And it's like so many of these guys. And I tell them, like, don't, don't freeze. Don't right. sit there and just lay in bed because like get out, go volunteer at your boys and girls club. And I know as teams, the more opportunities, just an alumni weekend where we have guys here, they feel a purpose. They feel a connection. They feel like, hey, I'm still loved. I'm appreciated for all that hard work. You know, I'm limping. But the team that I played for still appreciates me. And I think it's good for them just to be out. And so this league, you know, Tracy Perlman, our friend is yep. doing wonderful things at the league with the legends community. And
3: yeah, it's amazing.
4: Each of the teams are taking more active role. And that's so important because so many of these players just feel like abused. Like, man, I, yeah. I gave my life for this organization and I'm kind of forgotten. And I think this league, uh, Baseball is like really good. Like they, all their old guys come back to spring training and they're ambassadors for their team. Football hasn't been as good. It's kind of more like we got to keep these guys outside. We're going to run this team. And man, the more, more of those guys we can have around, it's good for the organization and it's great for them.
3: And I think these players, too, yeah, they need to go get, I tell guys all the time, get a sketch, get something, but don't jump at the first thing because it may not be great. Don't just do something because you've earned the right and you've laid the blood and sweat out there. You got that money. Enjoy your fucking life. Like exhale. Don't jump Jump at the first thing. But yeah, we got to fill your schedule up. You need a structure. You need to do something. And that's where it gets scary for a lot of these guys. Last question. I ask all my guests this. It's the Unbreakable Mental Wealth Podcast. Give me the one moment in your life. It could be your career, your personal life, whatever it is. One thing that could have broken you, should have, but didn't. And as a result, you came through the other side of that tunnel stronger For the rest of your life.
4: Oh man, good fucking question, Andy Lynch. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's yeah. You're making me think a lot. You know, I this is where my gratitude. I talked a lot about it because your your Hall of Fame speech. See, glaze the thing here. You're identifying as as athlete. You don't spend much time reflecting or any time because you're always on to the next deal. But when you have to write a Hall of Fame speech, it makes makes you think a lot. And you know what? I the first thoughts that I really started thinking about is the gratitude I had for other people that believed in me before I believed in myself. So what I'm talking about is I was drafted to Tampa, you know, in the third round and Sam Weiss and this team. And I go to the worst organization at football. And I had a Floyd Peters was our defensive coordinator. And God bless Floyd Peters, good man. But he didn't want to take Sam Weiss, the head coach wanted to take. So I didn't know all this when I was drafted. But Floyd tried to make my life miserable. He was an old school coach. All he called me was rookie And even though when I played well, he would tell me everything that I did wrong, and I'm I'm saying I, I'm real bright. I left a promising baseball career with the Florida Marlins to follow my passion. Now I'm on the worst team in all the sport, and I can't get on the field. Like, what, what did I do? And I thought about going back to baseball, but then thank God there were people. And early on, it was a teammate like Hardy Nickerson or Martin Mayhew, who later came back and worked. And then later on, it was Tony Dungy and Herm Edwards. All these people said things like, no, man, you stick with it because you're going to be – Herm Edwards was the first one who said, you're going to be a Hall of Fame football player. I didn't think that about myself. So I think probably most proud about persevering through being on a real bad team, not having success. And I couldn't have done it without people. My wife, first and foremost, who was with me the whole time, who never, never once didn't believe in me. And you get me. (laughs) but. Um, those people that stuck with me and said, no, you're going to, because it was my life, it was my passion, it wasn't my life, my family's my life, my faith is my life, but it's a very much part of my life, and so the people that stuck with me, and then to fight through and, and bust through those walls and be unbreakable and come out, you know, getting into the Hall of Fame, winning a Super Bowl, I mean, that's, I'm blessed, man. Yeah.
3: Amazing, brother. Man, well yeah. I'm blessed to have you as a brother. I appreciate it so much. I know yeah. you guys are so busy, man, trying to Build this two-ball team up, so I, man, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time, brother. But this uh, is good. Like I've never interviewed you when you played.
4: Yeah, we, we come a long together. way since, since the first time. I remember the first time I heard about Jay Glazer. We were on a plane flight from Tampa to play the New York Giants. We had a rookie. We had a deal where our eldest vet sat in the exit rows. Yeah. Well, we had Tom Tupa, who was in his 19th year, a punter. We had a rookie. I'll leave his nameless, but decided that a punter not going to sit in the exit, bro. He's an offensive tackle, a big man, and he sat in the exit room. And I remember Brooks called Lynch. I need your help. So I went and told this rookie, Hey, out of the exit, bro. That's for Tupa.
3: You, you said it wrong. You said it stronger than that. Fuck yes. up at that seat and get your ass yeah. back out there, right? <laughs>
4: yeah. I said that after he said he wasn't moving. And I said, you move or, and then it, it broke into a scuffle and we get off the plane. You know, a source tells me that uh, that John Lynch got into a fight on the plane, and I'm like, "Who is this guy? And how does he know what happened on our plane?" <laughs> I felt so violated. You know? <laughs> this is a team. This is our plane. Who's hey, talking?
3: Hey, yeah. hey, man! I built my own team. You know, I got my yep. glazed mafia around. Yeah. And that, that's what it is. We all build each other up, man. That is funny. That's right. Because it's the first time I so you're after you're like, "How the fuck did you get that?" I, I, I don't know you, and I'm like. I don't fucking know you either. I'm not fucking telling you how I got that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I know who. I'm not going to name him. <laughs> one, on one of my him. best friends in the world. <laughs> he just went in the Hall of Fame. He wore number 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: John Lynch, man. I appreciate right, you so man. much, brother, man. Appreciate Thank you so much. You. Love you, brother. See you, brother. Love you.
1: We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The
0: Bright Side, the podcast from hell of sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day